Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Crypto Writer Podcast, where we explore some of the more interesting and bleeding edge issues in the crypto space. Um, today, I am joined with, I don't know what we call you, the interim Satoshi, the uh, <laughs> but uh, Chris Barnes, um, who recently went through the Eden process um, as we did a mock or a trial election. And uh, Chris is joining me today to talk about Eden and its significance and what he, I'm going to try to tease all the good details I can out of, out of Chris. Why don't you uh, go ahead and tell us who you are and how you got into this whole situation. Uh, yeah, well, thank you very much, Brandon. I'm super flattered <clears throat> to be provided the opportunity to be here and uh, you are, uh, you're, you're popping my interviewee cherry other than like a job interview so <laughs> thank you for that um uh yeah so i've been uh, following crypto learned about it in 2014 um learned about dan in 2017 uh, really connected to his sort of life vision life mission of securing life uh, liberty property justice for all and then learned of eos <clears throat> that became sort of the first token that um I bought uh, uh, other than just Bitcoin. I was pretty much a Bitcoin maximalist from the beginning. And uh, I've been in, yeah, a big follower of EOS and a believer of, of what it can, can become. And so with that, I learned of the Eden process and uh, just completely enamored with how powerful this can be. And, and it's so much more than just crypto. Like this, it really isn't a crypto thing, even though that's sort of its foundation. To me, it's uh, it's an opportunity to to really change the world um, in more ways than just making money and people filling their crypto bags. Like this is uh, the way we select our representatives is um, is so fundamental to society, and it's so obviously broken <laughs> in its current state. So to me, it's uh, yeah, this is a pretty amazing opportunity, and I'm just uh, so uh, humbled uh, that I get to be somehow a part of um, what this can be. Yeah, excellent. Um, it was quite the process. And um, did you, when you went into it, so I guess for the listeners that may not know, let's just give them the ground view kind of um, idea of what is Eden and, and how um, this all came about, maybe. Um, take it away. Yeah, yeah. well, I think well, the foundation is Dan's book, More Equal Animals. Um, and there's a huge sense of irony here that I have not read that book. Um, so I, I'm sure I was one of the very few of that initial uh, cohort of 64 that had not read his book, um, which in one way is almost, it's almost better. Um, so, uh, you know, I came at it as just a, as an individual with a, in my own set of opinions and ideas. Um, and I didn't, I didn't require that as like a foundational reading to be able to integrate into how it works and succeed, in fact. So I will read that book. I have started the, uh, one of the audio versions, <laughs> but uh, um, I'll get my hands on a paper copy and I will read it. But uh, yeah, to me, it, the Eden political playoff system is essentially just a completely revolutionary way that uh, groups of people can come to consensus and select their representatives. Um, I think it, that's basically in a nutshell what it is. Uh, and so, you know, any number of size of groups of people, uh, I think the, the goal with Eden is to eventually get to a community, initial community of 10,000 people maximum. Um, and so within that group, uh, using this system, this format, um, we can 
as a group come to consensus and, and elect select representatives that represent the consensus of that group. Um, and it avoids this idea of, of political systems and parties and, uh, and prevents um, sort of uh, prevents collusion in a way and it, it prevents the capture of the system that then tends to enslave the people <laughs> underneath it. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. So you went through three rounds of this process um, and in each round you advanced um, and finally you were you ended up being selected the Satoshi, which is like the top representative um, under this trial, the trial rules. And uh, what do you think, what do you credit that with, given that you're you kind of a self-described outsider almost in a way, um, at least you're not super deep into, you know, this whole, you haven't read the book yet, for instance. And yeah, so what do you credit your success to in terms of, uh, you know, brokering all that consensus between each level? I think that the beginning part of it was I had a bit of a plan. So I, I think because it's so new and I think of the original 64, there were a few of the individuals or quite a few really who knew they wanted to do something that contributed to the community, but it wasn't for the most part, I didn't hear a lot of really well ironed out plans like this is exactly what we're going to do. So there was a prize of 1000 EOS, so roughly $10,000. Um, so there was some money on the line. And uh, so what I did fundamentally was first I reached out to the community the day before uh, on the uh, EOS community uh, forum asking for just any projects uh, that are looking for representation in Eden as myself and probably others were looking for things to represent. <laughs> so, so I did that, that was super beneficial um, so that I was able to sort of have a plan in each of the rounds and able to articulate that plan and be really precise about what exactly I was going to do with the funds and how that was going to benefit the community. I think part of the detractor from the others in my group and some of the other uh, groups that I've listened to because the video recordings are all there, which is also awesome. Um, it was more just sort of a, we'd like to work on education or translation or these super marketing was another, and, and they're really important concepts and really important that uh, problems that need to be solved, but there were no real solutions provided at the time. So I think that gave me an edge since uh, what I was um, promoting was the EOS power up um, uh, service that uh, John Heater from Boyd.com created that's, uh, that allows for, um, with the new power up model on EOS, uh, any user can basically go and, and power up their account with a free transaction. So, so I, I gravitated to that idea when I read uh, John's uh, proposal in the forum. I reached out to John, asked him if he was okay with it. He was. And so very minimal preparation other than that brought that idea into the, the playoff. And then I think beyond that, the other talent, I guess, or, or skill that I have um, is without trying like being as humble as I can <laughs> talking about my skills <laughs> um, is uh, an ability to listen to people and really try to reflect on what they're saying um, and then incorporate that into a persuasive argument as to why my perspective might be uh, preferable or ideal. Um, and, and, and I also just love strategy games. Like I, I'm an avid strategy board game player. So part of me during the process, I kind of, almost forgot about maybe the bigger thing. And I just kind of got into this game mode. All right, how do I win this one? What's, what do I need to say? What, 
you know, without, without being disingenuous, I mean, you're obviously trying to be honest in yourself, but you need to be tactful and, and, and thoughtful about how you're going to convince others to, um, to vote for you. Um, so that's, yeah, it's an important, uh, an important skill that I think people who will do well in this will need to have an ability to, to achieve consensus in a group. Right. And not just to vote for you, but to select you as the most skillful bearer of their um, agenda or their hopes and wishes for the network for development on the network in the case of EOS. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, it's not uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And you alluded to the fact that you kind of began the process before the playoffs even started. I'm sorry, the I shouldn't call them the playoffs, but the fractal <laughs> fractal. It's just like, yeah, the fractal governance process, the Eden governance process that we all participated in. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you alluded to the fact that they, that your process with that started early by querying the community what they were, you know, interested in. How do you see that sort of um, that sort of life or that culture extending into the EOS community in a way that like would benefit the playoffs? Like. Are there any processes that you imagine could be helpful to the community that would set them up for even more um, productive and efficient playoffs yeah. or? Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and I think it is a playoff. I think that's a fair, it felt like it. At the end of it, I was tired. Yeah. Like it was, you know, three rounds back to back to back, 50 minutes each, hard thinking. Like, mm. uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's mentally tiring. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I just, uh, just to, be clear it's it the only reason i react against the playoffs that way is because from the very beginning i've been trying to think of a a less adversarial name because i feel mm. like right there's there's some element of playoffs that is like winners and losers and i really feel like this process kind of creates a bunch of winners and yeah. you know because yeah i mean for the reasons that should be self-evident like if we select somebody who's more capable of carrying our vision forward we're all served so you make a good point yeah it's a, it's a yeah it's a collaborative playoff of sorts um with um and, it's, and the community wins in the end i mean that's uh, if when these if this happens um in future play well future rounds future events uh the community should always end up the winner i mean that's so and i think so part interesting what you say because i've overheard many people and i felt the same way too is during earlier rounds when people were discussing and selecting who they were going to move forward, um, those people who move forward always had in the back of their mind uh, sort of some of the comments and requests from those who were in their group in the previous round. Um, so that that's interesting. So it's not you're not just representing yourself once you move forward to the next round. You actually are representing your group. So then that group is still within you, and then the same thing continues to the next round. So you know as you get to the top you're really just a small assuming you've listened to what the others said along the way and, and you try to represent that um you become uh you know fractal in a way in terms of your thought process it's uh, little pieces from the the others so it is a yeah it's not just about you right it's about those that kind of got you there and, and what they said what they wanted out of it um but to answer your question about what this might how future um rounds or events could take place and what the community can do to prepare i think um start to like communication is going to be key where people should start to try to collect uh into 
groups of like-minded um, like-minded ideas, like like-minded projects. If, uh, for example, there was a few who wanted to see translation become a big piece of what Eden can do is to help expand the community in different languages, which is, you know, somewhat English focused in some of it. Um, and uh, another piece was, say, education. We need to expand the education piece. So those who are interested in this process and want to contribute and participate, I think it would be quite wise to take the time to listen through and watch through some of the, the, the videos of what people were debating and what they're advocating for, and then find those people and reach out to them and uh, start to form groups and come up with a plan and come up with, and the plan should include like, how are you going to use the money? Because at some point in time, there's going to be millions of dollars at play if this continues as expected. And so if you want people to trust you with hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, you know, a slice of that, those millions, you should have a really good, well-formulated, deliberate plan, um, you know, with proper, you know, find somebody who has some financial background, it can help you draw out a, an OPEX and CAPEX and um, what's what's your roadmap look like? How's, how's the timing? How are you going to deliver what you're um, promising to deliver? Um, so people should group together in like-minded uh, like-minded groups and ideas, and then start to work as a team. Uh, it's like Dan said, right? The part of the goal of this is is one plus one equals three. If we do this right, that's the power of community. Um, and so I think that's important that people take. And that, in fact, is part of I, that's a lot of the reason why I ended up winning um, because I didn't just go in it with my own pet project. I went in representing someone else um, and we ended up john and i ended up in the final round together both representing the same project so talk about uh, the odds stacked in our favor <laughs> we were both there so it made it easier yeah yeah that that uh <clears throat> it's a great answer i mean you covered a lot there we can learn a lot from how this first round went down and uh what the effective strategies were and yeah, it's interesting what you say about the the grouping, the natural desire for people to want to group together around causes that are specific to them. And I'm sure, you know, even black producers, any member of the community is going to be able to form like affinity groups, essentially. Yeah. And then if to the extent that we're all able to listen to each other's needs and concerns and incorporate that, it's like the best aggregator of community needs will tend to rise further in the governance processes one thesis so that it would make sense nice. well because in the end that it, it's meant you're meant to whoever when you move forward you're representing the larger group so you're absolutely right you need to be able to aggregate what that group stands for uh, and be able to express it i think another piece that's important is sort of it's it's for example the the, the stereotypical maybe introvert developer might have a harder time in in, in this process um and there's few who are quite articulate, like John, for example. I mean, that, that guy's a, a, a renaissance man of sorts from, I mean, I barely know him, but from what I've learned about him, he's brilliant and articulate and really, really he should have won. Like really, he, he, he is far more deserving of the title Satoshi of Eden. Like I, you know, I, I don't know how to code. I'm just a regular dude who hasn't really done a fraction of what John has done. But that being said, my ability to perhaps articulate a little better um, and uh, to persuade a little better, um, it worked in my favor. So, you know, it wasn't just about um, the skills that you have that really are directly applicable to, 
to coding and, and EOS, it's, uh, which makes this all the more exciting. And it should be all the more empowering to people like me who aren't developers, love EOS, want to contribute, have feel like they're disempowered to really contribute because they're not on a development team, they don't know how to build projects. Well, you know, here's a chance to find out what skills do you have and figure out how you can leverage those skills within a, a group of like-minded individuals who want to work towards a common goal, a common project. Well said. So what does, I'm taking this right out of our thoughts from earlier. What does Eden, what does Eden mean to the world? <clears throat> yeah, I love that question. Um, to me, Eden could change the world. I mean, it sounds it sounds hyperbolic, but if Eden, the, the process as I see it, and after experiencing it, um, has the capacity to to revolutionize how groups of people. So that could be municipalities. Government, I mean, countries, really, I mean, that, that's really what this comes down to countries um, could select their representatives like this is uh, this could change. Uh, it would be extremely difficult to overthrow the current power structure to accept this as a possible method to replace them because they would surely get replaced. <laughs> but uh, right. I mean, it, I mean, so you could you could. So how this would work for those who don't understand is you could basically take the entire United States population and you would subdivide that group of people into random hey, wait groups a second. of ten. Wait a second. Wait a second. Shouldn't you be starting in Canada with this? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I figured the audience just... is probably more familiar with the. If I if I speak about Justin Trudeau, I mean, yes, I, I could go a long way with that one. But uh... okay, I'm just I'm just playing with you. I just had to throw that at you. Go for it. Yeah. No fair. Um, yeah, so I mean, you could take any, any country, right? So let's use the US. You, you, you basically divide the population into completely random groups of 10. And those groups will include Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders and, you know, pick your Donald Trump, pick your, pick your favorite political leader. Um, but they'll also include you, Brandon Lovejoy, and they'll include Daniel Larimer and, uh, you know, Brock Pierce and these guys who, who aren't politicians, but they are certainly individuals who have great integrity and uh, and even I mean Brock Pierce even ran in in the recent U.S. election, right? So I think he'd have a much better chance in this type of political playoff than he would in what he had to compete against, right? So you you could take the entire population of the U.S. random groups of ten, whoever is the best at finding consensus. And sure, Joe Biden's first group he's got a good shot because I mean it might be just you know some randoms. I mean okay fine Joe wins, but there's going to come a point where he's meeting up with some PhDs and some extremely thoughtful charismatic individuals who aren't just a part of the oligopoly and have been put there based on uh, deep pockets and uh, special interests. And, uh, and so the, they, like he's not going to win. Those guys are not going to win in that, in that system it, because the only way you move forward is by convincing the others in your group in a two thirds plus one majority that they should vote for you. Well, there might, I mean, good luck. Good luck doing that when you're a contentious political leader who gets 30% approval rating. Like you're never, you're not going to get to the 66% in the randomized groups when you can only get to 30% now. Um, so poof, I mean, it would disrupt everything. And now you actually have leaders that would rise to the top who effectively and actually do represent the people as it's supposed to be. I mean, it's, it's revolutionary. So just to play devil's advocate for a moment, you know, so say, Joe Biden is in a group with a group of people that pulled randomly from whatever county he's in. And 
they're all working class folks. And Joe says, look, look, I know none of you want this. Like, I'll make it worth your time. You know, I'll just give you $1,000 each and, you know, send me on to the next level. Mm-hmm. What's, how does that play out in the real, real quote, quote, real world scenario? I, I think it would work for the first round or two. But then you're going to start getting up against people who want to be there for the right reason. Like, I think what this does is this, this process selects for people who have integrity because you have to convince, it's going to take some deep pockets to be able to bribe your way all to the top. And then it's not going to be a secret because the other thing is these debates amongst groups are recorded. So they're, they're there for posterity and Joe won't know in advance who he's teamed up with. So he can't bribe them in advance of the vote, which today happens. So you think you think overt bribery would be treated less kindly than covert bribery, which is what we have today through lobbying and stuff. I think so, because now you could the, the covert bribery can be rationalized or obfuscated to not seem apparent. Like I, I like what uh, um, who was Jesse Ventura? I think he said once that he wished that politi- politicians would wear logos like uh, NASCAR racers do, so at yeah. least you could see who you're voting for, Absolutely. right? So. Where, but if it, so in this case, it would have to be overt. It would be very obvious and it would be recorded. And even if Joe could manage to make it happen the first time and get himself near the top, I just don't see how you'd have, because it would take, I forget what Dan said, for the population size of the US, maybe seven rounds or something to get to the winner. Um, I, I think once you get to round five, six, seven, I mean, that, that's a small, small slice of the population. And assuming those people didn't bribe their way in too. So now who's, who's bribing with the most when you get to those rounds? Um, and so if everyone's a briber, well, I mean, who wins? Nobody wins. And then you get a stalemate. And that's where I think the, the, it's, it's merit that will shine and people who have integrity and are believable and have a track record that you can, that's provable. And it would only take one round of elections to have this uh, overt bribery show up and you'd be pooched going forward because you'd be, your social score would be ruined. I mean, what's so cool about this is this brings in this tri- tri- tribal dynamic of uh, where right now we have these huge metropolitan cities and social media where anonymity allows for people just to become assholes, part of my French. Like it's, uh, right, you can get away when, when you're driving in a city and someone cuts you off, you have no problem giving them the finger. But if it was a small town in a community, someone cuts you off, you don't need to give them the finger because you know who it is and you can tell all your neighbors about what they did. I mean, they become a social outcast based on their actions. I mean, so I mean, really this, this process brings back this innate tribal sense that we all have like our gossip and all these all these things that have evolved and you know human psychology they those become far more impactful and real in this type of scenario and they remove this anonymous ability to just be a jerk and have no social repercussions so bring back the gossip are you familiar yeah, with the, uh, serves a tool yeah the gossip protocol uh clarion I, I'm, I'm not, I, I've heard, I, I know of it high level, certainly, and I'm excited for what it can stand for, um, but I don't know the ins and outs as, as you might. I heard Dan call it a gossip protocol once, and I, I think he said, I know he said gossip, but I don't know if he said protocol, but I think so, and I really like that expression. Yeah, um, yeah. gossip yeah, serves a, a purpose. It's, yeah. Right, there's a certain, like, regular, you know, like the natural feedback loop that occurs in a, in a community. And yeah, when it's small, you know, say like under Dunbar's number, which is like 150, then mm-hmm. yeah, people will tell you exactly what they think about what you did. Um, <laughs> and, and they'll put all their credibility on the line when they do it. And um, 
and you'll have to stand with all your credibility on the line as well. And it's more of a reputational uh, sort of network. What is Eden yeah. doing to your mind um, under Dan's conception to counteract the, um, or to like, um, rather to restore the sort of reputational um, feature set that we- I yeah, I think the, the biggest the biggest part of that is the fact that these discussions and debates as you work your way up the rounds are recorded. So it's not just, uh, no, you said this. I, I, you told me you said that. No, no, I didn't. He said, she said. In this case, when you make promises to get yourself uh, elected to the next round, to convince your peers, your random group of peers, to trust you with their vote because you're going to represent them, you would have had to have made promises or had a pre-existing reputation based on previous promises that you kept. So by having that recorded and uploaded to IPFS, IPFS for, uh, you know, ever, then uh, you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a check and balance now to what you said you're going to do and what you actually do. I mean, how often today do we, do we see politicians campaigning during an election period and promising everything under the sun, and as soon as they get elected, accountability is gone. They are no longer at all. It's, it's so obvious you'd, you'd have to have your head buried six feet under the sand to not recognize how these politicians chronically flip on what they say and they just are speaking to their immediate audience trying to garner favor even though it has nothing to do with how they actually feel as an individual um, and that to me it, politicians these days are uh, puppets I mean it's a group of puppets so where's the integrity there you know what are you voting for again like Jesse Ventura said you're not voting for that person you're voting for their special interest groups who are pulling the strings not to be too contentious <laughs> I mean <clears throat> I feel like you could walk into a bar in the United States and just say that and everyone would be like, yeah, yeah, we know, we know, um, but I'm too busy, whatever, or, well, there's know, no solution. The, the there's problem, no solution. No solution. There's a, such a discipline. I mean, you know, there's no wonder why voting turnout is so low because people recognize it's pointless. There is zero change. I mean, how many politicians will campaign on change and yet nothing changes? So it doesn't take too many times for those sort of that ethos to be used to get elected to then be like, no, that was a lie to then realize there's never change. So it, yeah, no wonder no one wants to vote. And it's uh, it's the waste of time. Essentially, it feels like anyway. Um, but in this in this situation, you, you, it, it would take one one round if just take one round for people to participate as evidenced by the 64 in this first trial run of Eden. How many of those from that group felt like, wow, this is the most amazing thing. I feel like my voice has been heard and the next person who represented me actually represented me. And it wasn't just a, a false representation and, a, a, you know, a broken promise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I gather you're not a fan of incremental change. <laughs> unless it's unless it's like walking down the steps which you know you want one step at a time to break that ultimate kinetic force into smaller manageable steps that's nice mm -hmm. but um yeah i think we'd all i mean if you put it to a vote no pun intended like <laughs> uh you know like or walked into a bar and said who would rather have this process to determine the outcome of who's running the show right now, I think. Obviously, if people understood, you know, the system and compared it against the existing one, there's no question it's it's an upgrade. In fact, I have various, I can't remember, I can't cite sources, but I know that the US voting system, the first past the post, like two party system set up um, is among the, the 
voting systems, possibly the most preeminent at producing irrational outcomes in terms <laughs> of like, if you wanted to create a voting system that produced more irrational outcomes, you'd be hard pressed to do it. And this is something that like advocates of instant runoff voting, for instance, use um, because instant runoff voting allows you to like, at least not end up with preferences that are like being expressed that are opposite to your intent. So it's like, I wanted mm -hmm. to vote for the super progressive guy, but I got the super, you know, regressive guy or whatever, you know. So, uh, but yeah. political playoff solves that same problem in a, in a completely different manner by kind of, yeah, you know, scaling the wisdom of the crowd. And it's not, and it, what I love about it too, it, it's easy to understand. Like this, you don't need a dissertation in, in political mm -hmm. science to understand um, how this process works. It is intuitively obvious, which is another reason why it, I love it. Like it, it, it doesn't mm -hmm. take much to explain the idea of random groups, picking a leader, moving on to another random group, settling on a final leader. It's intuitively obvious. Okay, so your elevator breaks down and you're in the elevator with um, a high school teacher. And she's like, what do you do? <laughs> and and you, you explain, you're like, well, one of the most interesting things I've worked on recently is Eden. What do you, how do you ground level that? <clears throat> so I guess I would ask, I probably, I would start with a question and ask them to describe, say you had, you know, how do you come to select your representatives in, in a group, in a community? And I would, uh, I would, so I would, they would probably say, you know, you, you see who you're voting for political parties, you listen to their campaigns and what they're going to do. And then you select what you want best. And then, oh, but sometimes we, I actually, I'm not voting for the person I want. I'm voting because I want the, the person not to win. So I'm actually just going to pick another party just to make sure that the bad guy doesn't win. Like this happens all the time. The two party system is certainly a byproduct of that. There is no third party really in the United States, Canada. We've got a couple other outside parties. And then you hear this argument all the time. Oh, you're wasting your vote voting for that third party because then you're just guaranteeing because, you know, everything's everything's about a, you know, a binary decision, left, right, red, blue, blah, 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 and which I think is completely deliberate by our controllers. But regardless, okay, so, so so say the school teacher buys into all that and she's yeah, like, okay. or, he, or he is like, yeah, I okay. to, I'm totally with so, you. Exactly. So instead, here's an option. So you take that same thousand people and instead of looking at the people, the representatives that have somehow been pre-selected for you, you become and everyone becomes a potential candidate, including the two that you would normally be faced with. So, I mean, if they're that good, then they should be able to convince all a random group of 10 that they're that good, right? I mean, this is, this is who you get to vote for normally. So certainly they're there for merit. Should they not be? I mean, shouldn't they be there for merit and the ability to do what they say they're going to do? So, and the answer is, well, yeah, they should, right? I mean, any fair person would say that. So then you say in this system, you take that same group of people, including the two traditional representatives in the two party system, but instead they're subdivided into groups, random groups of 10, and they just have to convince their group that they're the best, should be easy. And then whoever moves on to the next group, random group of 10, do it again, random group of 10. So then the question you have to ask yourself is, do you think those same two people end up being the choices to choose between? Or do you think maybe there might be some other people in that group of a thousand that in fact might have more merit and more capacity to deliver what they say they're going to do and more integrity? And so I think the obvious answer is yes, there's a, there's a, a super great chance. I mean, look around I mean, it's so obvious because you look at who you get to choose from and 
that's the best choice. I mean, really, Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden were the best two individuals in all of the United States of America, 330 million people. And those two are the, the prime, the, the pinnacle of, of superior leadership and authenticity and, and compassion. And right. I mean, it's a joke. I mean, of course. So it, it doesn't take much to be like, yeah, you're right. That, that makes no sense. And surely there's better options. So if you do this way, you actually have a chance to have those better options express themselves and convince and move up and boom. Okay, so your school teacher, the elevator is still stuck and your school teacher is like, <laughs> your school teacher is like, yeah, you know, at least they don't, they don't smell or anything. You're fine, right. you're comfortable. It's not overheating yet. You're a little worried, but you're not too concerned. And the school teacher yeah. looks at you and says, okay, well, that's, that's all well and good. It may well produce better outcomes, but people will never do it. People will never, why would people make the change? You know, like what we have now, everyone's so busy, they're rationally ignorant, they don't have time for uh, starting a new system of governance. So it's not gonna work. That, that great, is great a, idea though, great idea though. Right, yeah, yeah, right. I, and that, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I, I have a- You I don't know. have to have the answer <laughs> my, to the question. My, my, my hunch is the only way, see, I think those who are in control have been in control for generations. I mean, really, I mean, in my perspective. So I think the the ability to really affect change on, especially a country like the United States, that the, 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 the grips of control and power are so well instantiated. I agree with the school teacher. You're right. It's not, it's a pipe dream. <laughs> but you know what? But you know, we could do a school teacher. Why, why do we need to go to the top? Why do we need to, I mean, yes, that's the final goal, but let's start small. Let's do it incrementally. So let's, why not present this at your next um, parent-teacher meeting to select the, uh, your, your parent-teacher reps or however teacher reps, I guess, right? Um, or in your municipality of 3,000 people, like bring this to the municipality and use this method as a, as a revolutionary method to select the, the mayor or the leader of, of, so we start small and gradually get this idea out there. The grassroots opportunity is there where maybe people can see this as being a legitimate option. And, uh, and then maybe slowly but surely it can work its way up to the big show. Um, but that's, you know, <laughs> that's a lofty goal. I think it, things are probably more likely to break into a million pieces and turn into chaos. <laughs> but then, you know what though? Hey, even, even if that's what happens, oh, my mic here, I hope it's messing up. Even if that happens and, uh, and things get bad, which I mean, well, you know, the world of COVID, it, things are kind of bad. Even if it gets really bad and things really start to fracture, I think part of what we need to do here um, and is spread this, possibility spread this uh, method of coming to consensus and organizing groups now so if things do get bad and maybe there's a, a power issue and, and we lose connectivity with the world at large we still have our communities hopefully and so the more people who know about this way of doing this maybe can bring it to the respective community in in light of a crisis and say hey you know who's gonna at first certainly in a crisis situation the, you know the the might makes right and the law of the jungle will kick in and probably the strongest would try to take charge. But if you can convince enough people and to, to use civility, um, this becomes a great opportunity to quickly organize a group of people. Because the other thing that's cool about this is you could, 
you, you could, in a, in a short, if you had a group of people in a room, you could very quickly organize this out. And I, I've heard Dan describe that it's in his book where, you know, with a deck of cards, you don't need crazy tech to make this work. You just need to randomize people and, uh, and slowly work through this process until a couple hours later, you've got a new leader. And, and it's not just the leader too, it's the people in the final group become almost like a board. Um, and so, yeah, the more people that know about this process now in advance of some bad societal collapse, uh, the better I see it. And that's personally what I what I, I'm happy and so thrilled to be doing this now. Um, not to be overly pessimistic, but I think that's a real possibility. And so it's 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 super important that we share this philosophy and idea in advance of what could hopefully never does, but could come. Yeah, I think people innovating new methods of reaching group consensus might be one of the most advantageous things we could be putting en energy into right now um yeah. yeah for all the reasons you just mentioned and at the end of the day like <clears throat> yeah your options are are like ruled by power or um ruled by social cohesion it's those are kind of your your options um yeah and, and what are you gonna no, pick right if, if you and get, no one if no one <laughs> i was gonna say no one wants totalitarianism yeah. they just don't <laughs> no. you're not like I don't know. Maybe totalitarian rule would be, yeah, you know, a benevolent dictator. How bad could it, it be? Till they die. Yeah, there's argument for that at some scale. You know, like, and in, in some ways, like a you know a chief or like a a leader in certain tribal scenarios are the person that everyone trusts the most. To in that way, it's very much like representative, but it's still a power that can be taken away. So it's ultimately not very totalitarian yeah. at all. Exactly. Um, Okay, so I think we figured out most of the ills of society and how to, how to solve them. <laughs> um, but what about EOS? So to bring this all full circle because Eden is launching first on EOS or, yeah. Um, how do you see this playing out what do you think is in the cards for um for eden on eos are you optimistic do you think the community is going to just be like the a beacon an exemplar of how this can play out or is it going to be like just a slog the whole way what do you feel well first i think eos needs this i think all cryptocurrencies whether they recognize it or not um their method of governance and who they trust as being their leaders is, is questionable, right? Like it, so, um, and, and, and EOS has, uh, yeah, especially with the recent hack and what the block producers did, some people don't like it, some people do. Um, the way I see the timing is, is incredible for what we're doing because we are members of the EOS community. Um, and so the way I see it is this is a chance to prove to those who are suspect of this process and whether it's going to work and can it be gamed and captured and you know collusion is going to take place and the money is going to be siphoned off by people we turns out they were liars and those are all risks and yes that might happen on edge cases but i think the the large portion of funding that is going to come into this um that it, it's for now because it's on eos it's meant to be deliberately for eos so here's an opportunity for us to have people like myself, nobody's in this space. I'm not a, I'm a, I'm a little mini minnow of like token hold, like token possession. Like I don't develop, I'm not known, I'm a nobody. And here I am, a guy who in a, amongst 64 peers, um, 
was able to come out on top. And, and so that, and, and, for, and so why, right? So why did I, why did I make it? And part of it is because I legitimately care about the EOS ecosystem. I really want it to succeed. I really want Dan's mission and his life vision to be, to be realized. And so anybody who's in the EOS ecosystem should kind of want the same, even if it's just because they hold tokens and they want their bags to get, you know, heavier. That's uh, so you should be supportive of this. And, and as long as, so I see this as a chance to prove that people like myself can rise to the top and do good things for the community to help EOS, the, the currency, the token, the, the you know, the, the network um, become stronger. Um, and so part of that, I think, you know, a lot of questions and I've been asking a lot of people directly about what they think Eden could have done in this recent hack, for example. And I've been deliberately going out to people to see if I can canvas and get a bunch of people who are much smarter than myself to provide some suggestions. And so I can aggregate those um, and then, you know, try to work on that solution. Like what could have Eden done? Could could Eden have a multi-sig uh, as part of the board to then help uh, intervene? Could could the block producers come to the Eden board to help make a decision to ratify a decision? Could um, could there be, uh, could, could uh, contracts be built with um, sort of uh, approval from Eden or some sort of acceptance of Eden as being a potential arbiter in future disputes? Um, so then, you know, future DAP contracts get actually written deliberately with some sort of incorporation of the Eden board. Um, and so you can leverage these trusted people, hopefully trusted. I mean, if you get to the top, you better be trusted. And if you get to the top and you're not trusted, well, you're not going to get there a second time. So, it, and you're not alone. Like I'm not on an island. Even out of the 64, I, I, I'm part of the final four. I see it. Like we're we're a group of four. I will not make any decisions unilaterally just because I'm the guy who won. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to those to the other three, and it'll be a group decision. Um, and if anything, I'd go back to the community if if it was if it required that. Good question. It just occurred to me, maybe this is interesting. Um, what percentage of EOS token holders do you feel would be required uh, to be participating in Eden for Eden to be considered kind of a legitimate uh, representative government? Like, let's say there was still 50% of all EOS token holders not participating in Eden. Is that a problem or? You know, how do we measure buy-in relative, you know, it's just, it's, it's interesting when one group, especially non, you know, not, not weighted by tokens necessarily, mm -hmm. um, yeah, begin to develop a consensus about, you know, political decisions pertaining to the uh, chain. Like, how do you resolve that? It's a great question. Um... I'd be curious like, how many EOS token holders are there. I mean, that's an undefinable answer probably anyway. But uh, so one thing is to get into Eden, it, this isn't a closed wall group. Um, you can get in. You just need to be able to, to kind of prove who you are and that you're someone who can be trusted. I think, you know, Dan had mentioned that people who get into Eden are those you would be able to trust with your own funds and, and thereby extension trust with community funds. So, so part of it is that it's not restricted access. So if you're a token holder and you want to participate, you, you will be able to participate. I don't see how there's any border because especially the idea of, you know, six degrees of separation, eventually 
you may not know someone yet who is is in the Eden group because you need to be invited by someone who's already an existing member. But it's not going to take long for uh, exponential growth to kick in where you actually will know somebody. And if you don't know somebody, well, then reach out, get to know somebody. I've had a few people contact me who just want to talk and it's like, awesome. Like, I'm not even in Eden yet. I, you know, not if not officially. So, um, you know, if you want to participate to, 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 so that you feel comfortable that this is a legitimate process, then participate. So there's, there's no restriction to barrier restriction to entry there. Um, so and then, yeah, go ahead. So you're saying, so you're saying the fact that, that it's, oh fundamentally open access provided you can like get into the network which eventually should be no big problem yeah for, for somebody who, who who was part of the legitimately part of the eos community and wanted to participate like there would actually be no barriers there so that's right that kind of in a way addresses the potential problem of eden speaking for a group that is not participating and, yeah and, and the other thing that i think is really important is so it's going to be incremental funding. Like we're, you know, we're going to slowly increase the amount of community funds. I mean, eventually these funds will be community funds of some form or fashion. Um, it would be great if Eden could self-fund itself, um, at least the initial group. And there will be subgroups. The other thing that people should realize is, Eden isn't just as one, um, you know, just one group. Eventually there will be subgroups divided by regions and languages because that's the other thing we want inclusive inclusivity is super important and not everyone's going to be able to competent competently articulate their views in an english debate with people right if they're you know not you know they're speaking spanish or chinese or pick your language so there will be other groups that will form and then you get to join that group and they become a community of communities right there'll be multiple edens and so again the 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 power of how it's hard to argue that this is going to make it worse for EOS. I mean, this is a huge opportunity to, to, to create a far more cohesive and collaborative community amongst different regions and, and languages. Uh, and then even for the whales, like even like a whale you know, might say, oh, you know, I got too much money in stake. This is going to, okay, fine, fair enough. Sell your tokens if you're that worried or wait it out, wait it out and, and just give it a, give it a while, like give it a, give it a chance. Right. So I've, got a thousand EOS to play with technically, and I'm going to use that to help the community and, and, and help improve uh, the EOS power up service, the free, free usage of that. So, okay, once that's not a big deal, but let's wait to the next one. If you're not sure, let's see what comes out of that. I have a feeling that some exceptionally great things are going to come from the various groups as these elections take place. And it'll become more and more obvious that this is a, in fact a great thing because if each of these respective elections yield a result that benefits the eos blockchain that benefits the eos token holders including the whales so i would suggest just reserve your negative opinions if you have one i mean express them so they can be heard but don't conclude just yet that this is a write-off or it's not, it's not going to work and it's going to be gamed just uh, express why you think that have your opinions heard so we can try to see if we can mitigate some risks that are un, we're not aware of. But, uh, but I don't know, I, I see this over time proving itself um, via its merit and not just a bunch of promises. Cool. I felt like it was my responsibility to ask you some harder questions since I'm such a, <laughs> I'm such a proponent of, e of Eden. Uh, so <clears throat> I try to put myself in the position of somebody that might think this is all wacky, wacky ideas by wacky people on the internet, right. trying, to, trying to fix things. Yeah. What, what am I selling? Right. Yeah. Um, well, very cool. Um, do you have any 
I think, you know, we're, we're kind of creeping up in an hour. I like to keep these uh, more digestible. We've covered a ton of topics already just in this short interview. Is there any kind of parting thoughts or additional things that you want to mention uh, before we wrap her up? Uh, yeah, people who are listening who this is new to you, I, I would highly encourage you to um, consider the bigger picture here. Um, even if you're just an EOS token holder and uh, you're just thinking of, of your bags, I, try to step out of that mindset for a second and think about how the bigger picture, like what, what this could mean to the world at large. Um, I think it's, it, it's an inspiring idea um, and it's, it's far beyond just, just what this means for, for the EOS blockchain and you know, the token price. This is, uh, this is, this is, this is big. Um, so I, I would encourage that. And then uh, um, look for Dan, like try to, Dan's book is for free. Like you can go to More Equal Animals. I assume, I don't know the exact URL, but I mean, you can go and download it for free. And uh, it's, it's incredible from what I've been listening so far. Um, it is an extremely well-written book full of extremely compelling ideas. Um, and it's, it's an easy read too. Well, listen, it's also an easy listen, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, try to get involved if you, uh, and if you're like me and you're just, you think, ah, oh, no, I'm a nobody. What am I going to do? You're looking at a nobody and, and look what I was able to do. It's <laughs> not a lot. I wasn't able to do a lot, but Hey, I'm here. And if you're listening to me, then obviously I've done something. So, you know, take that as maybe a form of small inspiration and, uh, and get involved. Find, find people who think like you think and, and, and just try to participate. Nobody is a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> it's yep. an, uh, yeah, like <clears throat> just when you think you don't have value, you might just be like the very key to a whole thing coming together. That's, you know, an interesting aspect of all this too is, you know, people can kind of be pressed into service. Like you may find yourself participating in a process and just happen to be able to articulate something and suddenly you find that you've captivated the group in a way that no one else has and now they want you to carry their message forward and you're like no 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 i'm not a leader <laughs> yeah but Talk to dan you, you may yeah you may be the leader you know you, you may be the leader that round and uh, you didn't even expect it so i i kind of appreciate that this process yeah can produce kind of un, unknown outcomes in terms of what the group values in terms of integrity and communication and um, things of that nature. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. It's been great. Uh, great having you on the show and um, look forward to all sorts of future elections to be had under the uh, Eden process. Yeah. Absolutely. And enjoy, enjoy your, enjoy being interim Satoshi. <laughs> Get yeah. it while you can, you know, um, you're, you're the, you're the first ever interim Satoshi and, uh, congratulations. And, uh, it's been a total pleasure chatting with you. Thanks, man. It's it's an honor. And I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you for showing, uh, having the interest to hearing what I want to say, or have to say. Absolutely. All right. This has been another crypto writer podcast. Blocks Populi is the name of the show. I'm Brandon Lovejoy, your host. If I didn't say that at the beginning, because <laughs> I always forget to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Peace.